0: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now.
1: Straight up to a
0: clock. On this Tuesday afternoon, good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo.
2: Burnsy, what's going
0: on? Not much, my friend. How are
2: we doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Work from home day for me, so we are in uh, different locations, but uh, man, just raring to go with so much stuff going on. Oh, what a terrible national championship Oh, my gosh. Okay. Th- you know,
0: I'm glad. Oh, We're going to talk about it briefly a little later it. on in the Let's show. What, you, you want to get it over with now? Just, just start with it. My God, when what a terrible you, football game. When did let you, let you turn, turn it start off? Coming. When did you turn it off?
2: So I watched, I watched wholeheartedly through halftime. Okay. Okay, through halftime, I watched 100% invested. Okay. And then I was... 50% invested through the third quarter, because at halftime, you know, the Georgia coach comes out, oh, they're really good in the third quarter, and we're not, and I'm like, oh, let me just see if they make a run, and they didn't, Georgia scores the first touchdown. <laughs> you bought that?
0: I, you bought that line?
2: Come on, man. Well, I was watching, I was, so just, that just that's just showing you that I was watching, I'm only bringing that line up to tell you that oh, I was okay. watching, because I, you know, I heard him say that, you know, we, we, you know, we, they play really well in the third quarter, and we're not a good third quarter team, and then I, then Georgia, and then I was done, like, right after yeah. Georgia scored the first
0: touchdown in the third quarter, i checked that that's exactly when I. I mean, I, and I didn't 50-50 watch it. I turned it off. I. I, I actually ch- turned the channel to. I think I found a re-showing of the Harrison Ford classic "Clear and Present Danger" on a channel. I'm like, I'd rather watch this than the fourth quarter of that national championship game. I, that's I, the first score of the third quarter is exactly when I checked out. It was yeah, such
2: me a too. Bad game. I mean, it was terrible. I mean, <laughs> <It's> so bad. <laughs> just I mean, I just listen. That's just a, the SEC. It's, it's not just Georgia, dude. It's just the. It's it's the SEC. I
0: know. Like, this, I know. You
2: like, it, this, can we just have the SEC play each other? In a, like They should be their own separate entity. Like, you well, know, That's the top league and everybody else plays like the, every other conference should have an, their own championship that doesn't
0: have anything to do with the SEC. They and the Big Ten are working on it. You might get what you want between those two conferences just, right there with what they're is
2: doing. This ridiculous how yeah, good the SEC bad. is. Yeah, it's pretty bad.
0: Alright, so that public service announcement is now done. Let's give you another by weighing in on our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo, the way in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Gambo went and did the Gambo thing when it comes to a report today by Sham Sharania. He was appearing on Bally Sports. He was talking about Jalen McDaniels, swing player from the Charlotte Hornets, and he dropped some names today.
1: Increasing interest in Charlotte Hornets forward Jalen McDaniels around the league as a potential trade candidate. Uh, Sources tell me that the Suns have emerged as a team with interest in McDaniels, among several others in recent weeks. And McDaniels is a player who makes sense for the Suns as a target in a potential Jay Crowder three-team deal. This is a 6'9 wing, two-way player who's having a career year, averaging nearly 11 points, five rebounds, two assists, defends multiple positions, makes over 1-3 a game. And he's a favorite of their new coach, Steve Clifford, a good developmental success story of Mitch Kupchak. So there are rival teams monitoring his status ahead of unrestricted free agency this upcoming offseason where he's going to be a sought after free agent coming up here. So,
2: yeah, it's just it's just not true. Um, there have been no conversations. His name hasn't come up um, the kid's a 7th or 8th player on Charlotte because they've got a whole bunch of injuries. I mean, he's he, he's what a lot of teams like. You know, he's he's had a good year. Like, he's he's defended pretty well. He's kind of long. He gives you some length. But again, he's like their 7th or 8th guy for Charlotte. He wouldn't be a... He would not be in the Suns' top 7 or 8 rotation here. He He's playing a lot there because of injuries. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent. I, I spoke with both sides. So, like, just so you know, it's a, I'm, I spoke with both sides on this thing. And I'm telling you, the Suns have not spoken about McDaniel's. There's no conversations about McDaniel's, They're not trading for McDaniel's. I can understand with him being a, an unrestricted free agent that you want to try to drive up some value and some interest in him because that's you know the responsibility. Um, the kid, again, he's young. He's 24. He's got some length. He has shot the ball you know pretty well this year. But again, it, he's he's playing a lot more in Charlotte now because of you know the reality that they've had so many injuries. But if he came here he's not gonna be a guy that tops you know that breaks into the top seven or eight guys on the on their rotation yeah
0: look I, I mean here's the deal we, we we know we know what the deal is when it comes to suns fans because we ourselves are suns fans and and suns fans I think are getting are beyond antsy now right like like to say suns fans are are anxiously awaiting something I, I think is really really underselling it I think suns fans are are scared to death that the Suns aren't gonna do anything because it's just getting thin I mean it's getting remarkably thin DeAndre Ayton has been ruled out tonight he's not going to play against the Golden State Warriors there's just a whole host of guys who aren't going to play tonight for the Phoenix Suns and as they're below 500 for the first time since the start of last year as the season is really starting to slip with no sign that anybody's coming back at least in terms of Devin Booker coming back anytime soon fans are getting very 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 nervous that this thing is gonna slide right out of view and it's and it's going to be over just just like that. This season is going to be done just like that. So I get the fixation on names that can help them right now. Jalen McDaniels is not, I mean, he's he's a nice player, but but to think that Suns fans would or should get upset over the Suns not having interest in him, yeah. he's not the fix all, right? He's not the guy no. who's going to come in here and make this better all of a sudden for the Suns. No, no. And I
2: know people like, you know, especially on social media, because, you know, if we're not on the show, I put this stuff out on social media and everybody's it, the Reaper here he comes shooting down every rumor and listen i mean i, I could track you know i i, I am I'm very fortunate that i have the ability to track all of this stuff down and get information and um you know it's just that, that report is wrong and listen shams does a good job but he's full of it a lot of times too i like cannot he's no he is i mean he does a good job and i mean his his reporting is not i mean his accuracy rating is not it's, it's not perfect okay he's wrong quite a bit and you know sometimes you Know, he may get information from a team, he may get inf- information from um, uh, an agent or stuff. But I will tell you that, like his reporting on the Phoenix Suns has been blatantly off. Like it's been very off his reporting on, on the Suns this year. And again, I give the guy a lot of credit. He's got a great career, and he's done a fantastic job, and he's uh, he is well respected. But on the Sun stuff, he's just he's been off on the Sun stuff this year.
0: Mm. All right, so. If that's uh, and, and you didn't ask for the, the Reaper, I imagine we'll play it a little. Is this a Reaper worthy story? Is this is this? Yeah, I mean, it's a, I mean, it's coming
2: from Shams. That's a big name saying the Suns have interest in this guy, but they don't. The OK, Suns don't have interest in any
0: just about for clarification, just to you know, just yeah. see if this they, qualifies under Reaper worthy yeah. type of content here. So we got you know, we got to know that stuff. Well, I will tell you this. Let me tell you this. Okay. There, there were
2: definitely conversations between the Suns and Charlotte in the preseason. Like, in the preseason, there were conversations. Charlotte, at that time, did have some interest in Jay Crowder. And the reason why was because, you know, they needed some veterans to put around LaMelo. Like, they wanted to make sure that they had the right, you know, veterans around Ball. So, that's why they had some interest at that time. But, you know, LaMelo got hurt. He missed a lot of games, Charlotte started to not play very well and, and lose, lose a lot of basketball games, and so that that changed, but there was definitely some interest, not a lot, but there was some interest in Jay Crowder from Charlotte, but you're going back to the preseason there hasn't been any, any interest since then now it, you know if there was a McDaniel thing it, I mean it's not Jay Crowder from McDaniel, there would have to be a third team involved and yeah. so, and, but there is not that's, that's not happening either yeah
0: the salaries they don't work. Out just a straight one on one with Jay and no. Daniels, it has to be somebody else involved. No,
2: and Charlotte's eleven and thirty;
0: they're not going anywhere. They're not well, trading
2: a, I, a young player. Now he's an unrestricted free agent, and that you know, and teams that want to trade for him may want to get his bird rights, that type of deal. So, but I like he again; he's an okay player. He's an okay player. but, but He's I, not a guy that's going to be a difference maker for the I Suns. I
0: think that's why the Hornets. I, I mean, they are one of those few teams so far this year with the trade deadline still about a month away. They're one of the few teams this year that you can say are out of it and are yeah. selling and are not in it so it's understandable that their team is going to come up and their players are going to come up because they're one of those few teams that you can slide over into that category of okay they're, they're done they're toast they're, they're, they're not playing for anything and, and they are I'm sure looking ahead for deals and things like that of stuff that could happen and the reason why McDaniels is a free agent an unrestricted free agent he wasn't a first round draft pick so he doesn't have those kind of protections that come with him he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season, so it makes a little sense that a team might want to get him in and then be able to sign him without regard to the cap if they re-sign him, but um, it it, it makes a lot of sense that people are going to target teams like the Hornets because there aren't many teams like the Hornets that you can say definitively are done and are out and are looking to sell.
2: Now, what I will tell you is that, that because of all the injuries... I would expect that sometime in the next 24 to 48 hours the Suns will sign someone most likely to attend a 10-day contract to get a to get a player in here because of the amount of injuries that they've had. So I would expect they 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 have not done that as of yet, but I would expect that by this time tomorrow or at the very very latest Thursday, the Suns will add a player on a 10-day contract. I think they've got to figure out which position is most needy, depending on the injuries, but again, I'm expecting that something will happen very soon
0: with that type of player, likely a 10-day contract guy. Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Cam Payne, Cam Johnson, now DeAndre Ayton, all ruled out for tonight's game against the Warriors, and oh, by the way, Steph Curry is back. He will return for the Warriors tonight. That's at 8 o'clock tip time. You'll hear it here on Arizona sports when we come back there are five football teams that have head coaching openings where does the cardinals opening rank among the others another nfl insider has weighed in with some very positive thoughts you'll want to hear them next on the burns and gambo show <laughs>
1: Burns and Gambo, afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. John Gamadero, Dave Burns
0: hanging out with you on this Tuesday afternoon. We led the show with Suns News because Gambo's got what others don't. So we wanted to get that out there about Jalen McDaniels and how the Suns are not interested in him, despite what Shams had reported today. Of course, we never stray too far from the Cardinals and their GM slash head coaching service. Because obviously yesterday, that was the top story. It will continue to be the top story as the Cardinals look for a brand new identity. Do they keep it internal? Do they go external? Lots of different ways we could go into that conversation. And of course, we spent most of yesterday's show talking about it. Let's update the folks on the latest news that we know, Gambo. And then we'll kind of circle back to what very well-respected Judy Batista of the NFL Network and NFL.com had to say about this job opening. The latest as we know it is this. According to a report, Jerry Reese is going to interview for the general manager's job. Jim Trotter, who often has really good information when it comes to the Cardinals, tweeted out today, it appears Michael Bidwell will focus on GM candidates before coaching candidates. He has already interviewed Quentin Harris and Adrian Wilson. This we knew. Today he is interviewing former Giants GM Jerry Reese. Now, Johnny Venerable over PHNX Sports does point out that he wasn't the GM at the time, but he was in the Giants organization. He and Sean Payton were there at the same time for what it's worth. About three years, they they (laughs) overlapped for what it's worth. Yeah, he was. Sean Payton was the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach of the Giants. And I believe at that time, Jerry Reese was a scout or somewhere beneath the general manager job. But there is if you're looking to connect dots, if there are dots to be connected, there is an overlap between those two.
2: you know when you remember when 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 the uh, Giants beat the Patriots in two super the two Super Bowls. <laughs> yes, I, I, I always heard. like to remind my. I wife, remember. Yes, I honey, remember. you remember when the Giants beat the Patriots? Uh-huh. I asked her the other. Yeah. I asked her the other day. You root for the Giants this week. She's like, no. I'm like, it's
0: grounds for divorce right there. You know what? I'm going to root for your Giants this thank weekend. You. Well, Thank only because they're playing Patrick Peterson, and I want to see him go exactly. down. Exactly, that's what I said. I to want her. to see you him don't go for down. Patrick Peterson, that guy's a uh, bum. I'm not rooting for Patrick. I want to root for your Giants this weekend. Yeah, he, like Reese was there. Reese
2: was with the Giants for a long time. Like yes. he was there for a long time. He was part of. He was like part of the state You know, part of that that staff when they won the two Super Bowls. So he had been there for a while. And then um, I don't know, five or six years ago, the Giants got rid of everybody. They literally cleaned house. Got rid of everybody. He got
0: fired. Yeah, he did. He uh, he was there. He was their general manager from 2007 to 2017. He oversaw the two Super Bowl titles. They did, as our story points out at ArizonaSports.com. They only made the playoffs two other times during his tenure. So he's basically, if he if he makes the playoffs, he's winning a Super Bowl half the time. So you got that going for you. He drafted JPP. He drafted OBJ. He drafted Justin Pugh. Uh, he's been with the Giants. He had been with the Giants since like. 1994, college scout, pro scout, director of player personnel, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But he hasn't been a GM in a long time. No, he. I don't know what he's been up to. Fr- uh, frankly, the last few years. That's a really. He is, good... I don't know what he's been out of football. Now,
2: he had interviews, apparently, like the the Steelers met with him, the Jaguars, the Panthers at some point met with him, but he has not been with a team since the Giants got rid of him, and that was six years ago. Yeah. So yeah. that would be an interesting hire to hire a guy that's basically been out of football
0: for six years. Oh, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep falling back on any time a name like this comes up, I, especially if it's an external candidate. I I'm gonna continue to applaud the organization for talking to as many people as they can, as they should. This is the I, I you mentioned it yesterday during the show, and I double checked it just to be sure. They have not gone external for a general manager since Buddy Ryan in 1993. I, it's it's time. I, it's it's time to hear another voice a different mind a different thought in terms of direction and ideas and what you should do and so Michael yesterday spoke of casting a wide net at this point I, there are very few names that I'm just gonna look at and go yeah no don't talk to him what are you wasting your time for this organization needs to hear as many different voices as they possibly can for what they should do with their organization I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have a problem with hardly any name that that Michael is going to choose to talk to during this time. I'm really not. Yeah, you know, we 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 know the guys that they're looking at. We, yep. we
2: know that they've they've interviewed, you know, two internally with Harris and a dub. And we know that Michael wants to kind of get the GM in there first. Yep. And that the list is pretty good. I mean, the list of GM candidates is pretty good. But if they feel like, hey, Jerry Reese is a guy; that's one, two, Super Bowls. He's been out of the league for a while, but he's not an old guy. It's not like he's seventy-five years old. I think he's late fifties. You know, if you feel like he's a guy worth worth interviewing, then interview him. I mean, we Michael talked about casting the net far and wide. Do it, do it. I mean, go reach out. I mean, if if that's the right guy, that's the right guy. If he comes in, look. There's certain there's certain things that you want to hear when you when you're interviewing a GM, and and the, the basic thing is, how, you know, how do you how do you Get the the most out of this team. How do you, you know? How do you? How are we going to build this roster? And if somebody sells them the right way on
0: on building a roster, then you know, then that might be the guy that ends up getting the job. Yeah. Also, along those lines, Albert Breer, and this was a name we brought up yesterday. Albert Breer reported about 45 minutes ago that Ian Cunningham, the assistant general manager of the Bears, will interview for the Cards GM job on Thursday. He will interview for the Titans GM job on Saturday. We spoke at some length about him yesterday. Yeah, he's worked for the Bears. Yeah, that might not impress anybody. Prior to that, he worked for the Ravens and the Eagles, um, and he is considered an up-and-coming general manager in this league, having worked for two of the better, more consistent organizations over the last 10 years in the Ravens and the Eagles. According to reports, he is going to interview for the Cards GM job on Thursday. It's been... Real quiet when it comes to the coaching rumor mill for the cardinals in fact i, I haven't i 've seen odds that you can bet on, but i haven 't seen any names. It does seem as if Michael can be taken at his word when he said yesterday he wants to have the g m in place first and then the coach because so far we 've heard nothing but gm interviews we 've heard nothing at all about coaching interviews so far when it comes to the cards yeah,
2: I think when we we expect Michael to go out there and get that GM and from the coaching name and the perspective I mean I know there's odds out there on who they're going to get the thing that I've I've focused on I've been fascinated about is the 49ers because there's two candidates from the 49ers that Michael's talked about or, or that's been mentioned as possible interviews for the Cardinals we don't have dates set on those guys and you would have to think Bernsie like if if they went that way like if you brought in one of those two guys from the 49ers what's the chances that they would want to bring in D'Amico Ryans to be the head coach I would think decent better than decent I I would, I would think so good. too. Yeah, yeah. So if you're going to go with one of the 49er guys, then I would think that they would probably listen. The familiarity with Demico Ryans, you bring him in, but it does make sense that if they are looking at those, because if one of those guys gets the job, see, I, I've talked to so many different people about this over the last you know twenty four hours or so. And just you know, what's the chances that they keep they just keep everything internally? Vance is the coach, and either a double Quinton Harris or the GM. I think that's minimal. I think that's minimal what's the chances that they just keep one well if the chances are they keep one i think it's more likely they keep a gm and get a new coach than it is they bring in a new coach and they hire vance and i still think that the greatest chance is that they go out there and they hire a new gm and a new coach Mm -hmm. i still think that's the greatest odds and um they're interviewing enough people with the gm see it's not like we talked about Earl Watson yesterday. It's not like they're only interviewing like two people and then it gives better odds to A-Dub and Quinton Harris. They're interviewing a lot of people for the GM job. You mentioned Cunningham's interview coming up and we talked about Reese and the 49ers guy. So I think that there's a really good chance that one of those guys is going to be able to sell Michael
0: on a plan for the future that he's going to buy. If you didn't uh, hear our show yesterday or if you missed the part we were talking about Earl Watson, we were making the comp of the of the Suns when they decided Earl Watson was the only guy they needed to interview. They didn't want to talk to anybody outside the organization for the head coaching job and what a what a blunder that was. I probably should have led the segment with this, but I'll mention it. Judy Batista, a uh, very well-respected NFL writer, ranked the coaching jobs. And as we talked about earlier, this is all very much in the eye of the beholder. Everyone's going to look at the, the five current availabilities that we know of right now, though it might be six. More on that in a little bit. Um, Judy Batista ranked the coaching jobs. She ranked the Cardinals second. She says Carolina's the best coach opening, followed by the Cardinals. She's got the Colts third. She's got Denver fourth. She's got Houston fifth. The reason she's putting the Cardinals so high for a new head coach is that given kind of the void right now, if you're a coach who wants maybe more power than a traditional coach, this might be your job, a la a Sean Payton type, something like that. She thinks that and the fact that if you believe in Kyler Murray, at least this organization has a quarterback Back in the fold, those two things have this near the top of her list when it comes to the availability. It
2: really is. eye of the behold. How yeah. do you have the Denver Broncos fourth? fourth. like how fourth? I mean, that, that's a, that's an organization willing to spend, committed to winning, will do whatever it takes. Track record of success. I just, I, I can't imagine that there's a listing that doesn't have the Denver Broncos one. I just can't imagine
0: that. Yeah, she. I mean, mostly the reason why um, is because Patrick the Mahomes, draft. Uh, the draft don't have any picks. Um, they exist in the same division as Patrick Mahomes, which is going to be a problem. And then whoever gets the job has to fix quarterback, Russell Wilson. And I, I think she's kind of operating off of the premise that Russell Wilson might not be fixable. And that might make that job more challenging. I don't know. You see Russell others.
2: Wilson in the last game of the season? He looked pretty fixed. Once I got rid of hacking, he looked pretty good. He looked pretty good. He looked better. He yeah. had <laughs> a
0: great game in the last game. He threw like three touchdowns. He had a great game. When we come back, Texas, your thoughts on the FanDuel text line. We get a chance. We'll read the best ones on on the air at 6:26:20. What a boring game last night! But Cardinal fans, no doubt, for whatever brief glimpses you can get, certainly we're checking out that Georgia defensive lineman now, weren't you? That's next on the Burns and Gambo show. The Burns and Gambo need to know. Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. Uh, Let's roll out our Twitter poll question of the day. Suns are a banged up bunch heading into tonight's game. Game under 500 for the first time since the start of last year. Eric is here with today's Twitter poll question of the day. Bright
1: and sunny days ahead, right, Eric? Ah, It's cheerful. Out of the last ten games, the Suns have lost nine times. Nine Nine times. times. (laughs) Nine times. I've got it right here in front of me. Nine times. And I've got the Suns' schedule right here in front of me. Despite that one win over the Grizzlies, which was a good one, they have been brutal. So our question today is based on their current trajectory, are you ready to give up on this specific sun season? You've got three options. Option number one is you're standing tall. You're not giving up. Option number two is eh, ask me again at the all-star break. And option number three is an old friend. www.tankathon.com. Oh, man. Play oh, oh,
0: man. man! tankathon card. Dang. Come on. That... Come
1: on. Tankathon. <laughs> it's just an
0: option. You don't no, have to I, pick it. I tell you what, I mean, a few more of these, and and they'll be in the lottery and not in the play in. I mean, their odds of getting Victor Wembayama won't be great, but not giving up. If you bore these losses. Not not giving
2: up. Um Without, well, they're, they're without half the damn team. I know, kidding.
0: but my worry is that the, the guy they need back, they're just not getting back anytime soon. And when they get him back, how far out are they going to be? You know, how the hope was that they could play it, 500 ball without Devin Booker. They're not with even shouting distance Well, of the that right question now. isn't, are, do you think they're
2: going to win a championship? The question is, are you ready to give up on the season? I'm not ready to give up on the season now. I mean, not even, you know. Let's see what happens with Book. Let's see what happens with the J. Crowder trade. Let's see what happens at the trade deadline. I I have always believed that window two is better than window one. You know that. I'm a window two guy. So I do think that the best window for the Phoenix Suns is going to be post-Chris Paul. After Chris Paul is gone, I think the Suns window gets better. I think it's it's a tougher window now than it will be in the future.
0: I guess it's just if you believe that it's championship or bust for the Suns right now, and you think they're not capable of winning a championship, then you are in some ways giving up on the season. I, I'm, I'm not giving up on the season, but I'm st- with each passing game and every passing injury, I just start thinking that it's just it's not their year. It's not going to happen. But I'm not quitting Would on it. Would that, that mean
1: that you guys fall into ask me at all-star break? Like, let's see, but yeah. also so let's not. No, I said I wrote it for the first one. Okay, so your I'm first one. I'm just clarifying, Gambo, you're not giving up Bernie. I'm also,
2: I'm also not saying that, that it's going to be a bright, 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 sunshiny day. <laughs> right. And that, you know, that I can see clearly now that the rain
0: is gone. Ask me at the All Star Break, please. What's our audience say?
1: Audience is rolling with that. 47.5% say, Ask me at All Star Break. In second place, 28.1% is www.tankathon.com. Mm. Twenty-four point four percent in last place are just straight up not giving up.
0: All right, uh, I do see a lot of obstacles in the way for you know, having a bright bright sunshine. Are, are you going to do like a poetic slam poetry reading of "I Can See Clearly Now" by Jimmy Cliff? Is that what you're going to do? You're going to like who sang that song? Huh? Who sang that song? Jimmy Cliff. Right? Jimmy Cliff sang that one. Okay, that's who it, so, it so, was. Okay. I, I can see clearly now. The, the Yeah, is, yeah Jimmy Cliff. Yeah, great, great song. song. Just the way you were reading it, it was very dramatic. It was very I like on. I thought you were going to be at some coffee house somewhere with a little beret, right? You know, smoking um, your you, cig, drinking your mocha, a coffee. Something. Yeah, exactly. Could you imagine Gambo with a beret on? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. It's the little circular hat that little, French people wear. That, that French people wear when they when they go read poetry at, at coffee houses. That, that's not even a thing anymore, is it? It used to poetry. be. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it used to be didn't a even thing. Know Tom Sawyer was a book. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Sacre bleu. <laughs> that was a while ago, but you didn't even know Tom Sawyer was a no, book. No, I just thought it was a song by Rush so, about this guy named Tom Sawyer. So you see, we're we're having this conversation right now because we're putting off as long as we can talking about George's Windland. Last night, because 65 to 7, we're only going to talk about it in a couple of minutes. And we actually opened the show with it. Uh, it is a major national championship. It is one of the major sports. My goodness, that game was over by a, really honestly about two thirds of the way through the second quarter. It was like, yeah, forget it. Done. Goodbye. Thank you. We're out. Yeah, you almost couldn't believe what you were watching. And.
2: You know we've had a lot of blowouts in championship games, and this was just another one of those bad games. And I don't know if it mean I don't know if it means that. You know, I was more of a BCS guy than a than a. And then the two playoff games last week were great. I mean, they, they were great games. But you know, when it, when it, when a good SEC team is in the championship and they're on, man, going to be hard to beat. If it's LSU or Georgia or Bama, and they're just dominating college football right now, the SEC. And that was, I mean, that, the mismatch. In the physicality of that game was unreal, and it was obvious very, very quickly that TCU had absolutely no chance of even hanging in there. No. And then, like you know, then they're up by George's up by five touchdowns, and throwing the ball, and like, I, you know, to, there was a point in the game I'm like, look, they, they're going to try to win by seven. They're going to try to make the mark that they're one of the greatest teams that's ever been assembled in college football. That's what I thought early in the third quarter when they came out and they just broke out that can of whoop ass. I'm like, they, they want to, they want to beat the hell out of them. They want to annihilate them. They want to put their stamp on not just winning this game, but being talked about as one of the great teams that's ever played.
0: Yeah, and, and they, they went a long ways in doing that. They're 29-1 and 1 over the last two years. Remember, they lost 15 starters off of last year's national championship team. Um, they they become the first repeat champ where they're not sharing it with anybody. Since Alabama in 10 years, the, the only other team to do it since 1957 was Nebraska, back in the mid '90s with your favorite Tommy Frazier, it, it, it was. A, I mean, it was a hell of a show, but it was also boring as hell, right? I mean, there's just there's, and you can be both at the same time. It was impressive, but by halfway through the third quarter, it just left me longing for something else. Now, that's not an indictment of the whole sport of college football, because I, I said this at the time, and I'll say it again. Those two New Year's Eve games were awesome. I mean, that was college football's moment in the spotlight right there. Michigan, TCU, Ohio state, Georgia. It didn't get any better than that. And as it turned out last night was incapable of being better than that. It, no. it just, it just, it paled in comparison. Of course, some of the things that just really stood out most points in a BCS
2: or college football title game, largest blowout in a BCS or college football playoff title game, largest margin of victory in any bowl game ever. There's never been a bowl game with a, with a, any bowl game. There's never been a bowl game with a bigger point differential than that. Um, the only larger margin of victory over a top five opponent, that came in 1944. That's when Army defeated Notre Dame 59 to nothing. you got to go back to 1944, World War II coming to a close when you had a top five opponent lose by as many points. I mean, it was and it was very reminiscent of some of the... You know, the big game, the BCS game in 2005 when USC clobbered Oklahoma, or in 2013 when Alabama clobbered Notre Dame, or, or just a few years ago when Clemson destroyed Alabama. Um, you know, these were you know, big, big games with big, point, big uh, point differentials. This was incredible. And I just, I, you know... The, the SEC, they won the last four titles. They won six out of the last nine. You had Georgia this year, Georgia last year, Bama in 20, LSU in 19, Bama in 17, Bama in 15. Ha- how is anybody supposed to compete with the SEC right now? Yeah, it's
0: fairly difficult. I mean, unless you're, unless you're Ohio State and you're having one of those kind of years, or Clemson and you're having one of those kind of years, it's hard to imagine anybody other than a, a SEC team winning a championship well, every single year. It's really, really difficult to envision that. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show, the newest GM for the Cardinals might already be tasked with executing a franchise-altering move. There's a report out there that we'll share with you next on the Burns and Gambo Show
1: and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. right, we'll preview the first round of
0: the NFL playoffs in just a moment but this just came across our desk in the last five minutes ago. We wanted to pass it along. It comes to us from Jordan Schultz from The Score. Uh, We've cited his work from time to time here on the Bernstein Gambo Show. He tweeted out about ten minutes ago, Gambo, according to sources the Arizona Cardinals plan to try and trade all pro wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins this offseason. D-Hop has two years and 34.3 left on his contract and is likely to seek a new deal. Here's maybe the key line. Owner Michael Bidwell plans to express this to GM candidates. That's all we've got so far. So, this is
2: Michael Bidwell, who said that he doesn't interfere in those type of decisions, saying, I'm going to, before I even hire a GM and a coach, I'm going to trade one of our star players.
0: Well, I'm just going to let you know that, you know, when you're pitching me, when you're pitching you to me about this job, I'm just going to tell you right now, this is what I want to hear. This is what I want you to do. You know, this is, now, uh you and I can agree, I think we do, that that's probably the right thing to do is for them to trade DeAndre Hopkins. But it, it it certainly is an interesting set of conditions already, if this report is accurate, to come out and say, this is condition one. I want to trade DeAndre Hopkins. That's the plan around here. Tell me how you're going to do it, Right. Yeah, interesting. Like, Yeah, no, I think
2: we should keep the. Okay, you know, you don't get the job. You think we should keep him? All right, you're, you're out. <laughs> it's, it, listen, I think they should trade DeAndre. We both agree they should trade DeAndre um, because you can get something for him. He's still a valuable, he's still a top five receiver in this league. He would put up unbelievable numbers in the games that he played in. Um, so, like, I do think that there's a tremendous value there. Probably not a first-round pick, but, but I would take a second. I, I, I can't imagine so. a team not giving up a second-round pick to have DeAndre Hopkins, the contract, and the dead money, and all that stuff is going to have to work itself out, but I mean, I want the draft capital. I want the ability to to hit on a second, another pick because there's a there's a lot that the Cardinals need, and and especially on both sides of the ball. And I think DeAndre's going to want out anyway. Yes. I mean, I think he's he's his time here is done. I think he's going to want out. He's going to want to go somewhere where he has a chance to win. There'll be several teams that yep. will gladly give up a second round pick to have DeAndre Hopkins on their roster if the money can work.
0: He's got a no trade clause, which means he can kind of. Use use that to not only control where he goes, but to also leverage himself into a deal in which he gets more guaranteed money. There's no more guaranteed money left on his deal, so he's also going to want to restructure or redo of his deal to get more guaranteed money in his pocket. I mean, look, I I advocate for the trade of DeAndre Hopkins, and I think in a roundabout way by expressing to future potential GMs that you want DeAndre Hopkins traded, you're also kind of taking the pressure off of those GMs a little bit. You're kind of saying, look, next year, I'm not expecting us to be great cuz if you're expecting us to be great you probably would want DeAndre Hopkins on your roster right and by saying right. you don't want him on your roster you're kind of sending a message to those people it's all right if it doesn't all happen in one year it doesn't it, it's okay if this takes a little bit for us to fix this so just an interesting report to kind of keep in the back of your mind as we move forward all right Your Wild Card Weekend. It's the first time we've had a chance to talk about this since the news of Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime broke. It starts on Saturday, two games. Seahawks at the 49ers, and then that night it's the Chargers at the Jags. Sunday it's a triple header. Dolphins at the Bills. Giants at the Vikings. Ravens at the Bengals. And then on Monday, Cowboys at the Buccaneers, of which you and I have a lunch bet. We do. Writing on the outcome. (laughs) We do. Of of a game Uh, in which Tom Brady has never lost to the Dallas Cowboys in his entire career. He's 7-0
2: against them, but he's going down. I'm telling you, there's no way the Cowboys lose this game. Ah, I know, I know. I'm putting my faith in the Cowboys for a lunch. There's no way they lose this game? The Broncos, the the Bucks are just no good. They're no good. (laughs) They were losing record. They're in the playoffs. No no way,
0: he says. No No way. way. The
2: Cowboys are going to kill him. They're (laughs) going to kill him. I'm not a Cowboy fan. They're going to kill (laughs) him. Wow. I just can't see it. Like, I, I, I can't be the, the, the Tom Brady and the Bucks. They stink.
0: They stink. So this is unusual this year. Every single one of these games is a rematch. Um, In everyone, in the case of three of them, they're divisional rematches, so it's the third time the Seahawks and 49ers have played. It's the third time the Dolphins and Bills have played, and of course the Ravens and the Bengals as well. What What's the premier game? What, what's the one that you can't wait to watch of the 6 when you look at these. Chargers and Jacks. That's probably my answer to Chargers the ja- closest. Look, San Francisco's going to
2: going to beat Seattle. Uh, the Bills are going to take care of Miami. Uh, the Bengals will beat the Ravens. Um the Cowboys will beat the Bucks. <laughs> I am not, not mentioning Giants Vikings because you know my my heart's in it for the Giants. So um I, I, but I think the Giants can win that game. But it is on the road in Minnesota. We'll see. The, the, the game with the most intrigue is this, this matchup between these two great quarterbacks in Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert. And the Chargers coach may be on the line. And he played a lot of players. And some guys got banged up in that last. Like, that's a great game. Like, this Jacksonville team is 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 pretty interesting to watch. It's an incredible turnaround, like to, to like that's a team to root for. I mean, they went nine and eight postseason, first time since two thousand seventeen. I mean, this is a team that was so bad last year that the number one overall pick they were three and fourteen last year. Right? They got the number one overall pick in the draft. Now they're, you know, now they're in the playoffs. Like that's a tremendous story. So. I like it. You know, you got rid of Urban Meyer. You bring in Peterson. They 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 won that game. They didn't play very well. You know, on on sat, um, Saturday, Saturday night, night. Yeah. they didn't play very well. They ran the ball for just 19 yards, but they won the football game. And now, you know, now they're in the playoffs. And you know, Christian Kirk has been tremendous for them. And so this will be, you know, it's a home game for them. I, I think that's that's the matchup, man. Because I don't know who's going to win that game. I, I, and I don't even know who I want to win that game yet, because I kind of like both teams.
0: So. Uh, I, I in a game like that, I would probably I'd probably like to see Christian Kirk. I would root for him. Like you've always said, you root for people, not teams. I think I would right. root for Christian Kirk to do well and for them to advance in that game. I think, I think you're right about Seahawks, 49ers. No disrespect to Seattle. I think this is a nice, soft landing for Brock Purdy in that game. The 49ers defense is just way too good. I think it's a shame, and I'm not saying this to put pressure on the kid to play. If Tua were playing, I think Dolphins at Bills would be the premier game of the opening week weekend, but because he's not, it's hard not to envision the Bills just blowing out the Dolphins. The Dolphins, Dolphins and the Bills, the last time they played, they played a tremendous game against each other. And, and, but I just think with no Chua, if he doesn't play, it makes it really, really difficult. You buy that, you buy that th- theory the third time you play somebody? Because Seattle,
2: San Francisco, third time. Miami, Buffalo, third time. Cincinnati, Baltimore, third time. Yeah. Know, all these teams playing. The, the, the Jaguars, they played the Chargers early in the season, and they clobbered them they 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 beat the hell out of them the, the jaguars did so um I do think you know. I I, 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 I know people may think that Dallas Tampa Bay game a five four seed. I just I just don't think Dallas goes to Tampa Bay and loses that
0: game. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, we'll I, see. I just I, I I'm Tom Brady's good for one. I, I think he's good for one playoff game where he wins. And since that game's at home and the Cowboys, I, I the, historically the Cowboys just do not get it done in the postseason. <laughs> I know, just, I know. It's, the history is know. so against them in this game. Giants Vikings is intriguing that. One one to me is the closest thing to that, the Chargers, and the Jags. The the three coin flip games are Chargers, Jags, Giants, Vikings, Cowboys, Bucks. Those to me are coin flip games where I could see any scenario coming out of those. The Ravens, with their quarterback situation, does Lamar play? Does he not? How fresh is he? How rusty is he? That's a huge question to it. And the Dolphins, that's a big deal there, too. Um, I think the 49ers, their defense is just going to be way too much for the Seahawks to be able to handle. Seahawks are not going into the play. Playoffs. And you know me, how I feel about this weekend. I've always felt that wild card weekend is kind of the riff raff weekend, right? Let's let's get the riff raff out of the way, and let's really get down to work with who's going to be competing for yeah, the Super there's, Bowl. There's, there's, there's some riff riff-raff yeah. riff-raff here. There's yeah, some
2: riff yeah. adding these extra an extra playoff team on each side. there's, I mean, there's riff Tampa this Bay's raff. riffraff.
0: Oh, there's no doubt. Tampa Bay. Oh, one hundred percent. I'm not. I'm not a believer in Tampa Bay to win a championship. They're riff raff. I just think they're better than the Cowboys. The oh, you. I don't think it's you think. They're Better. You just think that the cow you you just don't believe in the cowboys. I don't you think that they'll cowboys. find a way to screw it up. I they always do. They've never let me down in thirty years. Uh, <laughs> Thirty-five years. Thirty-seven years, I think was the last time they won a Super Bowl. They haven't let me down since. I think that's the last time they've been to the NFC championship game was they when they went to the Super Bowl. You, you think you think where you think Philly and Kansas City meet in the Super Bowl? No. I, if you if you said those two teams are the field, I would take the field in terms of somebody else getting there, be it the Bills, Kansas be it the city or San Francisco. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the Buffalo. Um, I, I mean, I don't. I, I My eyes are on the Bengals. I, I, I if I had some really? shekels to lay down, I might lay them down on the Cincinnati Bengals to win a championship this year. Yeah. I saw this
2: great note. I saw this great note on the Eagles. They're the first team. First team ever that had four players have at least 10 sacks in a single season. One of those guys was Hassan Reddick. Four guys. They had four guys with 10 sacks or more, and one of them was Reddick. Salt. So I like I, – I still like San Francisco over Philly. I mean, they're just – they're on a 10-game winning streak. Five of those wins by Garoppolo. Five of those wins by, by Brock Purdy. They're playing really good. I just, man, I they're on a roll. I, I like San Francisco right now. That's the team I think comes out of the NFC. Well,
0: when we come back, first it was Cam Johnson. Then it was Devin Booker. Then it was Chris Paul. The Phoenix Suns are now down another starter. We'll tell you who next on the Burns and Gambo Show.